0: we rolling
1: we are now rolling
0: alberta filmmakers podcast
2: <laughs> me 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 me.
0: okay anytime. hello and welcome to the alberta filmmakers podcast i'm scott westby
2: i'm Briar greenhall
0: we are full swing productions and every week we bring you news tips and interviews in the film video and digital media industries of alberta now i know that if you're listening you just went what the yeah yeah who is this Briar person, and where is this Matt person that we're used to hearing? Such
2: a lady voice.
0: It's, Matt's not got a lady voice, but Matt is on vacation this week, so you get, you get me today. That's right. Briar's going to fill in, um, and Matt's also got the podcasting equipment. So we're we're here with some of our shotgun mics uh, and a Zoom recorder. It's pretty ghetto,
2: but we're making it work.
0: We are. How are you?
2: <laughs> oh, nervous.
0: Yeah, it's really quite easy <laughs> now that you've understood that we're just in the living room mm-hmm. talking. So Matt's on vacation this week, but that doesn't stop the podcast. Um, let's just get right into the industry news because we got a cool interview uh, that we want to share with everyone today. So the CSIF uh, has welcomed a new production director named Nick Haywood. Now, I've never met Nick, but I know Matt has. Uh, and he's supposed to be a good dude. Um, he's got a pretty awesome and really varied um, career. Uh, he's done management, live video staging, camera operation, production coordination, Uh, And he most recently AD'd and produced the Story High funded film Cyborgs. So he's starting uh, at the CSIF, and uh, we're really excited to have him on board and see kind of what he is able to do in that position. Welcome, Nick. Welcome, Nick.
2: Um, so recently, the Story Have web series and music video winners were announced. So for Alberta, the web series winner was How to Learn Anything, directed by Lindsay Robinson. And for music video, uh, the title of the song was Everything uh, by Sam Lundell. And I actually watched the How to Learn Anything uh, pilot.
0: Oh, how was it?
2: And it was really fun. Oh, yeah? So the idea was um, they, the host learned two uh, unrelated skills and then jammed them together.
0: What were the skills? So
2: he learned how to solve a Rubik's Cube in under a minute. And um, uh, jump out of a plane, like so, skydiving. Yep. So he had to skydive out of a plane while solving. Doing a Rubik's cube. cube. Oh my god! Sixty seconds. Did he do it? Uh, it was on the sixth try that he did it. But yeah,
0: that's amazing. It was
2: a, it was a lot that's of fun. Cool. It was really well done, uh, and I enjoyed it. So that's
0: cool. That my... So they get uh, fifty thousand dollars to make uh, more episodes of, of yep. their series. Uh, and so, congrats everybody, uh, or to, I guess to Lindsay and, and the team with uh, How to Learn Anything. That's amazing.
2: And uh, the music video, everything.
0: And the music video, everything, of course. Um, so uh, Canada is celebrating a special birthday next year, the 150th anniversary. So um, I don't know if you guys heard about this thing called Life in a Day that Ridley Scott did in 2011. Uh, um, yeah, I saw that. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah um, so what they're doing is kind of the same thing with Canada. Um, so they're inviting uh, filmmakers and, and non-filmmakers to submit a video um of their life on saturday september 10th 2016. so they invite all canadians in every time zone in every city and town to capture their life whatever that means to you whether it's a wedding a birth a party a baseball game um you can film five minutes or five hours just show us what it means to be you that's pretty cool Very cool yeah so uh what they do is they take kind of i think the best of the best and they kind of mm-hmm. chop it into what's going on throughout canada so it's a like day. a
2: picture of this is
0: canada right this, this is, is yeah like everywhere. a snapshot yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can find out more about that uh, at canadainaday.ca uh, and check it out. So let's get right into the in view corner. Oot. Yay. So um, I don't know if we've talked about you, Briar, mm. on this project, but you're kind of coming on as a production manager, production coordinator.
2: Some sort of thing with the word production, production
0: in, in it. it. <laughs> um, so what's your what's your background in, in filmmaking?
2: Um, limited. Sure. So, um, I was an office PA on the CBC wild, CBC TV show Wild Roses, which was right. canceled. Yeah. Um, but it that was... That was a good show, though. It was good. Uh, CBC didn't market it very well. Right. So every time I bring it up, unless, I don't know, unless people like worked on the show, people are like, oh, what, what's that? Right. I'm like, oh, is this like... It was like this TV show. It was like Dallas for Alberta, yeah. and I liked it. And the the crew was super fun, and everyone involved was really awesome. So weren't I
0: you? weren't there. you in it too? You were secretly in it.
2: I, yes, I played. I had. A, I, I was a photo of a, um, a dead ex girlfriend, one of the characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, that
0: was cool. Yeah. I, that was cool. Everyone. I remember getting texts when everyone saw you. It was like, oh my god, Briar's in the show. I
2: wasn't, and I was famous. I actually also um, held a cell phone, so I was. Uh, and I was shaking so much. I have this weird thing uh, in life that I can't stand still. Like I can stand and have conversations with people, but like if someone's like fitting me for clothes or like if I'm supposed to just like stand in one spot. Like completely still. Yep. So I fainted multiple times during this and um, during any time I have to stand still. And so anyways, long story short, I had to hold the cell phone, but I was shaking because I got so nervous that I was supposed to not move my arm holding the cell phone, but they put my arm in like a, like a vice. Oh wow. to To
0: stop shaking. Shaking,
2: yeah. And I fainted. On set? (laughs) Yeah, Uh. I fainted on set holding this cell phone. But my hand is in the Your
0: hand is famous. So they got the shot. They got the shot. Awesome. You're welcome.
2: So that's great. Um, So yeah, uh, and after that, I kind of took some time away and I've been working more in just like business stuff. Business stuff. stuff, Business things. Um, And does the podcast world know... Scott and I are married.
0: I don't think the podcast world knows so,
2: this. So um, uh, back in December, uh, I joined Scott and Matt part-time with them, working as their operations director. So I work part-time with you guys and part-time at another job. And uh, I helped with the application for and View that's with right, Telefilm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah you,
0: you shot our pitch video. I did. You were running the camera. And, and I created the website. That's right, and you made the website.
2: Yeah, the microsite. Yeah.
0: So. so you're kind of getting steeped in it pretty you mean thrown? Pretty hardcore. Like thrown. Like I would say steeped because it sounds better. Dumped in it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been kind of with me in meetings a lot mm-hmm. um, and just kind of learning the ropes of this yeah. stuff. How has it been? Has, has, has Have you enjoyed it? Like what's, how's it feeling for you? Are you overwhelmed?
2: Not yet. Um, I wish, I, I'm excited to be more involved. Right. it feels like at this point, there's a lot of things that like, I can't really do anything about yet. So okay. I'm trying to be there as much as possible and to learn as much as possible and to listen and be involved in the conversations that are happening now so that in the future when there is more that I can contribute to, I have the background, right. I
0: have the. Yeah. I think that's kind of the goal, too. I mean, right now, it's still kind of in my hands, I think, as producer kind of stuff. It's like the budget because I'm still kind of crafting it. Mm-hmm. So I think once we're once we're locked and we've got our crew locked and we've got our rates locked, then that's something that can kind of go to you to be
2: managing. Well, and managing before, so. like, filming the podcast, I was playing around with the deal memos so that we can right. start sending out deal memos. Yeah. And it's kind of just, like, finding ways where I can fit in for yeah. now and help. so Because that that <laughs> there'll be more.
0: There'll oh, be more yeah. To do. oh, yeah. yeah. So um, quick update with the project. Um, we've kind of ganged up with... Uh, Chris Ball and and Kurt Harder, who who are shooting a feature called Stillborn in September. Um, So we're going to be sharing crew with them, which has been really, really awesome, a cool experience, and even some gear, which is finding us some cost savings. Uh, So they've been fun to work with. We're casting still. uh, We've got callbacks next week. And Matt is away for the week, but I think he's going to come back creatively charged. And I think putting his vision into kind of a concrete Mm. state is going to be his next task so yeah it's just been kind of crewing up right now and you
2: should guess right now okay what you think is going to happen between this podcast and the next time that's back and then go back and see if you were right if i was right yeah
0: guess with what's happened in in plain well
2: yeah, yeah his what he envisioned like you're like guessing where what his plan is until, right yeah for
0: i mean i think i think i, I kind of have to push him to to get there oh. um not that, uh, just because I don't think we have time for that to not happen anymore. So I think next week, uh, maybe not by the time by this time next week, but the following episode, we'll mm-hmm. probably have a pretty solid understanding of what this movie is going to look like, what this movie is going to sound like. Um, because we'll only have kind of a month mm-hmm. to disseminate that to our crew and get them working to kind of bring it to life. So locations too is kind of what I'm shitting my pants about right now.
2: Only because people keep asking.
0: Yeah. Everyone's like, so what are locations you have? And it's like, ah, we don't know yet. So yeah. that is like, now that casting is kind of finished on Monday, locations crewing's will be. Going. Yeah, crewing is going really well, actually. We're finding a lot of great, awesome people that we're really excited to have on board. Um, but that's kind of what's going on. I'm, I'm feeling much better about everything now that the ball is rolling on a lot of stuff. There's a ton of paperwork hmm. that I didn't. I mean, you always hear producers have to do so much paperwork. And there's, there's never been this much for me before.
2: Oh, more's coming.
0: More is coming. Yeah. So. It's been a good week, anyway, with that. Uh, so let's get right into this interview. Um, in March at Story... March Madness. March Madness, sorry, not Story Summit. In March Madness, we sat down with Adam Scorgy, um to talk about his film Ice Guardians, this uh, hockey documentary that he's been doing. Um, he's just so passionate about it, and it was a great conversation, but we kind of wanted to save it and hold it in our hats um, for when it made more sense to actually bring it up and that time has come because they have announced the premiere of ice guardians um so it'll be premiering at northwest fest uh in september um and you kind of have to hear the story of, of how they got this film made from him uh this is of course uh the producer of the culture high and the good son out of edmonton so let's just get right into it awesome here's adam
1: rolling right now and so so You've been on the show before.
0: I
3: have. I'm thanks happy for, to be back, guys. I think you guys back. are, I was saying just before the, the we started rolling here, I think you guys are doing a great thing. I love tuning in and hearing thanks, what's man. going on in Alberta. And it's I, there's lots of stuff you guys have mentioned that I've reached out to and researched and used as resources. That's so awesome. keep it going. That's
1: great. So, But for this one, rather than doing our traditional episode, I wanted to do what's called the Future Film Files. Only the second time we've done this. Um, and, and I just wanted to talk specifically about Ice Guardians, which isn't quite out yet. No, nope, So I feel like it's actually a great time to talk about great, it. Yeah,
3: it's a great time. So Ice Guardians is a feature doc that me and my team have been working on. It's been eight years since conception, wow. right? Yeah. Main holdup for that is getting NHL. We were, for years, we were trying to get NHL footage, trying to get, I met three different vice presidents to try to get the rights to do it, but because it's about fighting, it's controversial, concussions, everything else, they just didn't want to touch it. But then I found out about the wonderful world of fair use, so then we were able to <laughs> (laughs) go into production um so i won't get into the whole fair use thing but ice guardians takes a look at the history and role of nhl enforcers and when did it first start and how did it evolve over the years with the rule changes and Mm. kind of our goal with the film is not to glorify fighting or put a negative spin on it um Just that whether you agree with fighting in hockey or not, it is a huge part of hockey's history, and to not do a great feature piece on how it became that way and how it evolved over the years, I think is doing a big discredit to the sport and to the guys that helped grow the sport, because there are thousands of fans that became fans because of these great enforcers. It's not just the superstars, right? often, being here Edmonton boys, the, everybody goes back to the legendary Edmonton Oilers, right, and talks about Gretzky and Curry and Coffee and Messier, but people don't realize how tough that team was, right? Mm-hmm. I've interviewed Clark Gillies and the guys from the Islanders. They said they hated playing Edmonton because you had to deal with Semanko and McClellan, McSorley, Lumley. Like it was a, <laughs> They hated it. People dreaded coming to Edmonton. They're like, they're such a fierce, fierce team. <laughs> right. And that's where people were like, well, how come the new Oilers with all their talent aren't there? And it was like, because they don't have the toughness, right. right? They got all the talent. They're missing the toughness. Muscle, basically.
1: Yeah. So enforcer is a is a great way of saying yeah. fighter. Kind that's of? that's like, yeah. what they prefer. Like right. goon
3: is the the slang right, term that right. they don't like, Um and and, and rightly so. I mean, uh, one of the highest IQs that had been in the National Hockey League last ten years was George Peros, and he was a tough guy for the Anaheim Ducks. Right, uh-huh. Won a cup. Princeton grad, graduated (laughs) in economics, right? One of the main guys we followed, Kevin Westgarth, was also a Princeton grad and had his degree in psychology. Wow. Right? And he's a, like, and when you sit down with these guys and you see how passionate they were for the game, and it actually makes me fall more in love with their characters than the superstars, because let's get it, like, Every pro athlete has to work their ass off. That's just that's just common. Like whether you have the talent or not. But a lot of these guys, the tough guys, they had a lot of talent when they were younger. But when it got to that world scale, they're like, man, I'm not the 30 goal scorer I was in junior. Right? I'm barely a third, right. fourth right. line player. Now a lot of guys that are natural goal scorers just quit. And they're like, well, fuck, I can't be the top goal scorer and do this anymore. So I'm done. I'm right. out of hockey. Whereas these guys are like, no, 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 I'm not quitting. If you know, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm emotional, and I love this game so much, I will risk complete harm to my body to try to make my dreams come true fighting other known killers bare <laughs> knuckle no weight class right, with razor right, blades right. on your feet right <laughs> yeah. to make their dreams come true there's not a lot of people that can shift their entire because you talk to all these guys when they were younger they wanted to be ray bork bobby Orr, Greg right, gregsky but then there becomes that definitive time where they're like man i'm just not that good the right. european guys can they're so much faster and their skating's amazing but you know they're like i'm big and i like sticking out. i don't like seeing one of my players get abused right so i will take that role so that to me is like, man, there's not a lot of people that can reinvent themselves, especially early on when you're trying to crack the the things of the league. So that to me is like, and then, you know, the way the league's kind of going and, and to just push them out and kind of pretend they never existed. Right. And then all the injuries that are coming with them. And, you know, and most of them like, you know, that are coming out now talking about their cautions, most of them would say like, they would do it all over again, but just don't put me out. Like I'm this idiot that didn't belong there, right? right? Ask my teammates how much they appreciated me on my right. team. Right. And you will find out how much they care. And that's the part that was the biggest shock when we did this. When you interview other superstar players that played with legendary tough guys, and we had Brett Hall saying to him, he just said, I would not have scored 741 goals if I didn't have Kelly Chase and Tony Twist looking after right. me. Mm-hmm. So if you're the person that doesn't like fighting but you like goal scorers, <laughs> you have to thank those people for looking out for right, me, right? Right. right. And it's funny because even during the film, we'd interview people saying like, oh, how do you think people like Brett Hall and stuff benefited from having a tough guy? And these guys, like some of the refs and some of you, would be like, oh, he was so good. He didn't need it. Those guys didn't help at all. (laughs) And then then we throw the hook in there. Like, would you be interested to know that he himself said he would not be the player without them? And then they're like, like, and then they have nothing. They're like, well, right. who am I to argue? Brett Hall's one of the greatest <laughs> scorers of all time. If that's what he said, I guess I guess there's a point being made there.
1: So how did it come about, though? Where did this idea, obviously a great topic, but how did you
3: decide? I to? went to high school with Scott Parker and Todd Fedoruk, who both had really extensive NHL careers at Tough Guys. They played together for oh. the Kelowna Rockets, and I went to high school with them. Scott Parker won a uh, Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche with, oh, wow. with uh, Ray Bork and Joe Sackick and that like legendary team they wow. had out there. And then Todd never won a cup, um, but battled through. So I went to high school with those guys, and I saw like what they went through, you know, from high school days, knowing and the fear and anticipation that they were going to have to fight some big guy and stick up for their team. Parker's one of those guys. He came from Alaska started hockey late he was a giant at a young age he was like six five and he was like a power forward more of a gritty but he never was going to be a fighter but then when he came to Kelowna and he was the young guy getting in I think when he was like 17 or 18 or 16 and they're tough guys they lost their tough guys on their team and their team was just getting pushed around and guys that you, you know you travel with these guys you're going to high school with them they're, they're like your family totally. and then Parker was just like I'm, I'm not letting that happen so Parker would jump in there and he's like oh I got throttled for the first couple of years or <laughs> for the first year he's like he'd hang in there but he didn't do that well and then and he would work on that and then the later coming years Parker became one of the, if you are to talk about guys coming out of the WHL, Parker's probably in the top three conversation of all time like by his last years he had 30 goals 30 assists, 200 penalty minutes, he was just destroying that wow. league and then when he went to the NHL, so going, becoming being friends with those guys is what really made me see there's such an, a misunderstanding about these guys mm-hmm. and like Parker now, it's funny because we just hung out and did an event in New York that was awesome, we had Parker, Westgarth. Uh, Todd Fedoric and we had Dave Singer from Hockey Fights and me. We were speaking to a whole group of people that weren't hockey fans. And we showed the Ice Guardians demo and clips of their fights and had them all talk about it. and And the audience's jaw was just like on the floor. They're like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe that you guys are these like compassionate warriors that yeah. just wanted to do whatever it could right. to make your dream come true." Well,
1: and I think that's what's so great about the idea for the doc is that you're taking an assumption. Yeah, and I had the same assumption yeah. until I saw the trailer. Yeah, that it was like these guys are just meatheads, right? Like, so it's that's what's so appealing about it. I
3: think. And when you When you see Parks now, it's funny, because we'll go into places and Parks is an intake. He's got this giant beard, he's 6'6", he's got tattoos up his neck and on his forearm and on his (laughs) hand. And people are like, holy shit, this guy's going to rob the place. He is like the most (laughs) polite guy. Like you go to the bar and like someone goes to walk by and they'll be like, oh, "Oh, what's going on, brother? Walk by, like, it's like, you know, they're a killer and they'll protect you, but they're, it's, they're not, you know, they know it's a perfect example. So this, this event we did, Great story, and it's going to be in the film. Kevin Westgarth, who won a cup with the Stanley cup, with the with the LA Kings, could be the last pure enforcer to win a Stanley Cup. He's now retired. He retired this year, and then Scott Parker. They were playing several years ago for an exhibition game in. Um, vegas and westgarth knew who parker was right because now by this time westgarth was cracking into leagues after junior and parker was one of the guys he kind of idolized be like oh i want to kind of play like parker does and he went up to parker because they weren't dressed the game before and he said hey mr parker like i'm a big fan and he's like oh nice to meet you kevin and he's like listen this is kind of weird question parks but he's like I'm playing for the Kings tomorrow. I, I saw that you're dressed in the lineup and like, I need to fight you and do well and show them, show them that I can stick up and do <laughs> what's shit. needed. And you know, could, would you give me that shot? And Parker's like, well, we'll see how the game goes, kid. And if the game calls for it and there's needed, then, you know, like I'll give you your shot. Right. And then sure enough, the Kings go up to nothing. So, Parker's trying to spark Colorado in the preseason right. he said, "Okay, kid, you got your shot. I'm going to tap you and try to." <laughs> so, and 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 Parker and Westgarth had a great and Parker's like, "You got to love youth." He's like, "I cracked him as hard as I could in the face." He's like, "But when you're young, your head's invincible." He's like, "He just came right with an uppercut, TKO'd me and it was Parker's Ooh. last concussion and he never played another. That was his last NHL fight in one of his last oh NHL God. games." Wow. wow. And uh, Westgarth then went on to make the Kings and 2 years later he won a Stanley Cup. Amazing. Right? The two of them had not been in the same room or talked to each other since that fight until I brought them to this event where they both hung oh, out wow. that night, okay, right? Okay. But the Admiral, they're hugging each other <laughs> taking pictures <laughs> yeah. and they're, and and Fedora who was there said, he's like, but that's what we knew in the risk is that coming into the league, you usually had to put a legend down, right? That's how you got your right. calling, right? Yeah. he's like, and you hope that when you end your career, you weren't the one getting put down,
1: <laughs> right? Right. So and where do you start, though, in Alberta with a documentary like this, which is a big subject. Yeah. It's, not, it's not an Alberta focus. It's a yeah. North American focus, or yeah. an European as well. So uh, did you just start shooting, or what was the first step? No, so
3: I'm pretty good at, like, putting my finance... Because I made those mistakes with my first film, The Union, the business behind getting ah, high right. private family money and doing... it. And when you first start, you, like, kind of got to do that, right? Because yeah, the grants know, and it. stuff, they're not going to give it to you because they don't know you, and they're not... So with all my things, and I've talked about this, I think in the podcast before, is I always created great pitch books, right? Mm-hmm. So I did this amazing pitch book where it had hockey tape as the binding, and the top cover yeah. looked like ice, and it was all like who we would get an interview and the team behind nice. it. And so Rayna went up with the presentation. People were like, "This is a clever presentation, mm-hmm. right?" And people were like, "You guys are serious." And then. Right. We still couldn't get it and couldn't get the financing. And then how controversial the subject is. And everybody just kept saying, no one's going to let you do this. Stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's never going to be done. And Shell's never going to let you do it. But the more I kept hearing that, and this is where I'm either stubborn. really stubborn or dumb or whatever, the more I kept hearing like it can't be done, I was like, well, then all the more reason to fucking do it because there's no competition, <laughs> right? right? Exactly, if right. nobody else is doing <laughs> yeah. it. So... And I knew the guys, and because I went to high school with them, I knew that I knew them, and they would open the door to others. Like, I knew once you did them, say, hey, I did Scott Parker. And people were like, oh, nope. you already interviewed those ah, two, right? Go. And that trickle effect, right? Mm. And then, of course, Todd Fedora played for the Philadelphia Flyers, legendary. Because the alumni, he knows Dave Schultz and Dave Brown and Craig Berube and all those tough guys. Where he's like, I can get you all those guys, right? <laughs> like, I know them all, right? I work with them still. There you go. So knowing, kind of, because you guys have talked about this, and it's a key thing. Like knowing what you can get to tell. You can tell a story if you have access, right? Raz, right? Relevance, access, and mm-hmm. and uh, story. Who gives a shit, right? Is there relevance? Do you have access, right? Because people are like, I want to do a doc on Michelle Obama. That's awesome. Do you have a phone yeah. number? Yeah, how do you guys? Right, access? like yeah. that's a stupid proposal if you can't <laughs> yeah, get yeah. to her, right?
1: That's a great point. That's something we hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Is is you know, why are you the cutting it or the unfair advantage? What unfair advantage do you have that makes this your documentary? To tell, yeah.
3: or your story if it's yeah, a feature right. film or whatever right, what, sure. what can you do Absolutely. it's Billy Corbin who did uh, Cocaine Cowboys and stuff that gave me that RAZ acronym like oh. relevance access and story like nice. meaning who gives a shit right like like, so yeah.
1: what number documentary was this third
3: this is third well, because there's that I've produced myself with my team, Brett Harvey, and the, I've used the same director yeah. for the Union, the Culture High. I, I worked on I Am Bruce Lee, and I was a co-producer on The Good Son, The of Life of Ray, Bumum Mancini. So this would be in total would be like my fifth doc, okay. but okay. it's the third that it's like my, I'd say my best friend, the team that we've did Action. from the Union right. to the Culture High to Ice Guardians, gotcha. and it's quite a departure from the, yeah. the first two. We wanted to do that, like yeah. that was what that was the other thing is after the Union, we wanted to do something so different, right? right. Because everyone's like, oh, you're the pot guys. guys, like. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which is okay. Which is okay, but at the same time, we're like, man, we wanted like we can do other subject matters, right? Like, yeah, and we tackled one of the fucking hardest. And again, everyone said, with the union, you can't do the, you'll never. Pot's been done. You can't do anything different. It's been, and then we proved that wrong. So we were kind of like, well, we're getting the same thing again. But then the battles of trying to get footage and access. So that was a major thing. I met with three vice presidents in New York, and it was at first it was John Shannon, then it was Brendan Shanahan, and then it was uh, Gary Mahar that all worked for the NHL Network and. And then I came, I moved, it's what brought me to Alberta because I came to work with Aquila, right? Right, And Don, who all worked with the Oilers and stuff for years. And they were bought out by the Cates Group who owns the Edmonton Oilers. So I was like, perfect. This is going to give me so much more power? Wrong. Too much more politics, right? Uh Once you have that many more people, then it's like, oh, but he's an owner, so we can't cross. It's kind of controversial. And and it was like, I was like, man, I was like, so then I had to, and they just kind of downsized everything there for film. They're focusing more just on the Oilers and the new arena and fair. So then- I got out, but then when they were able to sign the quit claim to Ice Guardians and gave it back to me, then I was able to use the fair use law in order to Ah, go get all the footage I needed. So my next move was to go partner with hockeyfights.com. They oh have,
0: okay that's how you got into this very he's my event. executive so he's right. got
3: every fight footage you could ever want <laughs> right. right and then if he can't find it he's got someone else that can get right. it for you right so then we went and got it and partnered him and his education on how to do it and there's all these private I mean that's a fascinating subject alone there's all these private collectors that this guy in Philly has right. got more footage of Bob Probert than this <laughs> guy and So we got
1: VHS VHS tapes from, uh, but how are you financing this whole journey?
3: Okay, so I went to our lovely friends at Super Channel. Sandy is my girl. She's bought every doc I've ever been. So I went to her and I said, Sandy, I need a huge favor. I'm no longer with Aquila. I need a great license. And I didn't even know about CMF at the time. And she said, listen, Adam, for the kind of money you're looking for, I cannot give you a broadcast license like that. It's just not happening. But our CMF came in really good this year. You should tap that, Uh right? And then learn... And then this is where you have to have that create. And that's why I put creative hustler on my business card. Like I didn't know how to do paperwork like that. I'd never done a CMF application before. And I suck at paperwork. If you were to look at my list of towns, I'd like to think that's at the bottom, but it seems to be <laughs> rising up closer to the top right, now. Right. Cause everyone's like, they call me like, how do you do the Kafka party again? How do you do like, I hate that stuff. I barely graduated high school. Like I'm not good at it, but I, for my projects to succeed, like if it's, if it's my family eats and we go into production and I have to figure, I will figure it out. Right. I will go on internet all day and I'll work till 11 at night and right. have to get up at 4am with my kids if I have to, to figure it out. Right. That's something when people say I'm too busier and I liked your last business sort of kind of get off top, but your last business one to explain to people, that's what making it in the industry is. It, it's not winning oscars driving Ferraris, and being a baller it's being able to do this full time right right that is the real dream that is and you have to learn how to do and i actually think it makes you more hungry because up until Aquila hired me on a salary, I was working three jobs and producing. Wow. I was working a sales job during the day. I'd work at the nightclub on the weekend and any spare time I wasn't with my children or my wife is when I would dive in. So if I knew I had three hours on a Friday night, I put that three hours to good use, right? right? And you're like not wasting. it be like not distracted with a TV show, right. not distracted going to your friends. Mm. If this is what you really want to do, you will find time and you will use it efficiently. Right. I read a great article about how Rob Zombie did this and he said he actually got lazy once he had money and he was doing it full-time he was hungrier and his best work came when i have six hours this week it's going to be two hours on tuesday two hours on thursday and two hours on saturday and i have to use those time officially that, yeah,
1: it's an interesting concept when you have less time you use that time more and
3: you have yeah. to make it work and turn yeah. your phone off and no it, distractions we, we actually hear that same thing mostly
0: from parents yeah. which is interesting because yeah. olaf uh mm-hmm. said the same thing after we finished our podcast with him he's like i got another kid on the way which means that i got i have to be even more focused now yeah. it's such a
3: such an interesting thing. I think that a lot of young people coming up don't realize how. They waste a lot of time.
0: Yeah. You know, totally. there's a lot of yeah. time. Hey, I'm
3: not saying you still need a life and need to socialize. Sure. But do you need to hang out Friday and Saturday? Right. Right. right? cut when like everyone always finds but like well oh, i'm too busy we're like really i saw you drinking at the yeah. house on the <laughs> yeah. weekend couldn't be that yeah. busy because yeah. that's where i wasn't doing that i mean i'm fortunate even though i own nightclubs and stuff i was not a big drinker and partier so for me that was a waste of time right i was like i do not want to go i am going to go research on the internet boring shit on saturday and how other filmmakers did it mm-hmm. where they got their financing so super channel broadcast license cmf tax credits oh. into production and then I've done well through E1 and everybody else and I've made some interim financers money. So when I go out to get gap financing for my pre-sales and stuff, people will lend to me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. With ice guardians, I went to Royal bank. I met them at TIFF, I think, and I was to explain to the project and they came to culture high and uh-huh. they were. They were like, holy, this film's amazing. They're like, what are you doing <laughs> next? Like, we do film financing, nice, right? Nice. If you have your We Will Gap, your your film tax credits. and then,
1: But how, for eight years, you've been working on this?
3: Well, it only because the footage kept screwing us up, right? right? right. I could have got the financing, but it was kept, everyone's like, we'll give you a license right. once you have footage. We'll give you a license once, once you have, you have footage. footage. I went to CBC. Right. I got development money from CBC, and then we had to pay it back.
1: And then oh, it was like... Wow because that's the, I mean, obviously a different beast. When you're not a narrative, a doc has a life of its own. So so how do you maintain it for that long?
3: It was, well, it also really helped us to build with the story and how it changed. And like every year it was funny because when you hear that saying like, things were meant to happen for a reason and the timing is perfect. It really did seem like every year thought like, oh man, if we were just shooting this year, it would have been so awesome. (laughs) If we were just shooting this year, it would have been so awesome. And then we didn't get to do it that way. And then it worked out like the guys we got, you know, Kevin Westgarth, like he couldn't get an NHL contract. So he went over to Belfast, but then Belfast gave us full access we could uh, be right in the dressing room right, right oh, wow. on the bench and right like <laughs> like Brett was spoiled once we went to an AHL team and they were like yeah we'll let you in but you can't go here you can't go in the dressing room you can't go and Brett hey, was like Brent. what the I'm like dude you're spoiled in Belfast <laughs> yeah. right like Belfast yeah. wanted the attention yeah. so they're like go, go wherever, line, like man. we're on the bench with the team like total hazard right <laughs> and crazy. like like we'd go to opposing teams and Brett's like the only way to get to the bench is through the ice I'm like just go on the ice go on the ice and just go across like and like total safety hazard but it was Ireland they didn't care like people want to film our Irish league sweet sure. bring it on so um,
1: so now you're close to wrapping it up. Yeah,
3: we're, we've got a rough cut. We just sent into CMF to get our rough cut draw down. And then we're hoping um, that there's a, um, TIFF does a, for all you filmmakers out there, I just found out about this. So instead of blindly submitting to TIFF on Without a Box and hoping that your film gets seen mm-hmm. by one of the head programmers out of the 15,000 submissions yeah. that they get, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a West Coast swing with Canadian filmmakers where they'll come to Vancouver. If you book ahead of time, you can book either the Van City Theater or Cinema Technique, and then they get to watch your film in a theater with Amazing. five points we down around a DCP. Yeah. So yeah. no interruptions with phone because they're in a yeah. theater. They're not watching your screener while they're on the plane doing emails and shit like that, Amazing. right? So I was yeah. like, Pff. so we're hoping to screen with them. I mean, you guys tell me here from, I'm unbi- be completely honest. So we timely issue with concussion and heads and uh, violence and yeah, sports. Yes, yes fighting is almost on the way out. There's only like four or five enforcers left in the league right. visiting out. Toronto, the mecca of hockey. World Cup of Hockey is on the exact same time as TIFF this Whoa, year. really? Huh. I'm thinking it should get in. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm hoping. That I would think be, this would yeah, be yeah. Canadian filmmaker totally get, right, done right, it, right. like, you know, privately fine with Super Channel. And like sure. So we're really hoping because we can bring an army out, like Wendell Clark is there, Luke Gazdick, uh, Jay Baruchel's in our film and he's oh, doing wow. Goon 2 and he's yes, hoping he's Goon right. 2 will be there. So like yeah. he said he would come and like it would be wow. an amazing, amazing. I've had people offering me like, hey, we'll give you $50,000 in sponsorship for the after party at TIFF. I'm like, dude, dude, I need to get into yeah. TIFF. Yeah. Never got in with any of my tell films us, tell ever. Now right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, us yeah. to TIFF. Yeah. Call them and say you will do this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, So I'm,
1: I don't, I'm not familiar with their documentary program. I've only been to a couple of screenings yeah. really, but
3: I don't know. I, I just know all my films... I'd like to think I've worked on really great docs and just we've never been able to get in. The right, union right. didn't get in. Culture huh. didn't get in. I am Bruce Lee didn't get in. The good wow. son didn't get in. So they're tough. It's it's hard. Yeah, it, seems like,
1: the, it seems like the right time though. For yeah, sure.
3: and, yeah. Well, and I mean I did do it the old way of just blindly submitting to without a box which I never do anymore. I always right. try to at least write the, I think we talked right. about this last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, just right, yeah. something nice Make getting personal, on their radar yeah, mm-hmm. just like the worst thing they can say is hey, we don't take yeah. emails like this yeah, just submit without a box. Yeah. At least then they still might have watched your trailer or something your name? Yeah, right? like, exactly. I, think I might know this guy. So yeah. you've got to go speak. keynote yeah, we got this March Madness thing <laughs> shortly
1: here. But but what 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 would you say when you're at this point in a documentary? What mm. how do you find distribution? How do you get uh,
3: it out? There? This is a good question, man, because it, the the landscape is changing so much. There's no right answer to right, this. Right, So we've we've had several distributors like, yeah, we're interested. We'll take the rights to your film. We'll take thirty percent. I'm like. I have a tough time just giving you 30%. I put all this work in. I've raised this money. I've given eight years of my life. I have unprecedented respect and support from the players. I have a 17,000 Facebook page. We have 7,000 people on Twitter. We have hockey fights behind us. We have the players. I want you to put some skin in the game like I yeah. did. I yeah. want some money up front to show. I don't want you to just say, I'm going to take 35% because here's the thing my sales agent, who only takes 15%, we can put it directly on Amazon ourselves. You can get hard copy DVDs sent out and they take 20%. We can directly put it on iTunes. Yeah. I've already got the built in following and support from the players. At that point, what are you doing are you as a distributor, right? I don't, I don't. So I want you to put skin in the game. Otherwise, I'm not really interested in taking your deal. I'll do it myself. No What's doubt. so funny, because it's what distributors are asking for now is yeah. films have to come with an
0: audience already kind of established. And so what, are, of what, <laughs> what value are they providing, right? It's, <laughs> and, such, uh, it's such And a then fun, they're asking, yeah. some
3: of them are asking, I won't say which ones are asking you to pay them. We oh, just yeah. had a proposal for one theatrical, and they're like, oh, we'll take it theatrically. You pay us 185,000. We'll take 25% of your TV, 20% of your digital sales. I'm like what the wow. what
0: And you're bringing the audience. Yeah, I was like yeah. I'm
3: bringing the audience and then I we went back and and here's what I did is I actually planned we have 30,000 US or 40 40,000 Canadian for the theatrical That's that part I of saved. Your budget, and- I saved it, wow. right? Well, you can't cuz CMF doesn't let you do marketing, so out of my producer fee, right? right? Okay, I took okay. it out of there. Right. Gotcha. I'm personally going to put it in, but saved it. Specifically we, we you know, saved on hotels and saved on things so I could be there and have that. Right. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, we'll put it in. And they're like, oh no, you need like 10 times that. And I'm like, man, that just doesn't make sense. Like, so it's really, I don't know the answer right now. There is no right answer. It's, and Netflix has changed the game, right? Mm -hmm. Indie docs, man, some Mm -hmm. docs are getting mad. Netflix is saying, hey, especially we're in a good position because we don't have a distributor and stuff. So just having pay TV Canada So that's one thing is I've given Cassandy and Super Channel. They're my champions where I've said, listen, like in Canada, it's only going to be exclusive on Super Channel for like uh, 90 or 120 days. You won't be able to get on iTunes or anything. Usually you do your VOD first before TV, but Super Channel's done so much for me. I was just like, no problem. You guys can have that. But in the U.S., we're going to do a significant theatrical release. We're looking at Tug. I don't know if you guys have talked about Uh, Yeah,
1: actually, the keynote speaker here at March Madness, uh, the first year, uh, he did – the documentary about the 1% thing, the, uh, Occupy Wall
3: Street. Oh, movement. Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, he yeah. was talking
1: about Tug. That's where I first heard about it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's great. I use them for Culture High, and I mm-hmm. think they can be so. You know, we've so self
1: distributed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did
3: we had a kind of a hybrid with the Culture High, where okay. E1 had North American rights, but okay. international were mine, okay. right? right? So, and I was able to help push the Tug screenings and stuff like that. Yes. Even though the the money would go to E1, I was still able to help push and control and do because the distributors didn't care about theatricals. They didn't think it could make any money. But I know how to make theatrical make money. Right. You do event theatricals. <laughs> right. You have these legendary guys speak. Yes. You get a beer. Sponsor you do thirty five dollar yes. ticket price make, make it an event yeah. Make it an event yeah. and then you and then like what we're planning to do here in Edmonton is we say like you get Semenko and Gazdick and all these guys and say look we're going to donate a large portion of the tickets to to the, your alumni so they're like oh well we'll get everybody oh, out nice, right? right and then you say yeah at the end of the thing you present them a check for three or four thousand dollars and then with your beer sponsor and a thirty five dollar ticket price if you do two hundred and fifty seats now you got ten grand so wow. three or four thousand dollars for them two thousand to cover the screening the rest of the money goes to you
1: brilliant
3: everybody wins right wow. one night event you do. 10 Ten of those. That's how you do a target theatrical, right? Yeah, and you bring media too, right? You bring media. You let them all in for free. They're the ones that get the free tickets and all the rest, right? So cool. That's there's there's no one right way. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Well, two minutes, but (laughs) I would just say to people, there's no one right way. So look at all options, and don't be afraid. There are some real snaky sales agents out there, but there's also some really good ones. And don't think you can do it all yourself.
1: How do you find a sales agent?
3: I was lucky that my accountant for my first film, they grew up across the street from each other. <laughs> okay. So he took me out for lunch. We ended up becoming right, friends yeah. and he did, sold all the deals on the union wow. and helped us like recoup. Otherwise, we wouldn't have recouped anything for mm. two years we were doing. So, but be leery the ones that want you to pay them three to 10 grand to help right, sell, right. sell your film. And then they have these ridiculous marketing fees of. Ten to $15,000, and be fair, look, they are taking their time when they go to market, and if there is no incentive when they've got 10 projects, your projects, so, but be fair and be like, listen, guys, I don't have $15,000 if it comes in to come off of marketing. I think it's fair because you've got 10 other titles. How about I give you five that comes off of what you sell, right? right? So if right. you do a 20000 then you take it, and look, these percentages, like, go back at them and be, but listen, there's little things they catch that you don't think about. So for example, my sales agent was talking, he had a film that premiered at South by Southwest, and Netflix came to him. That's the dream, right? They have the biggest fucking pockets right oh, yeah. now. I <laughs> said I wasn't going to swear, but sorry. Um, they have the biggest pockets and they can go worldwide. They're the ones you want because they don't respond. I've had all five of my previous docs on Netflix. They've never returned an email of mine. Yeah, it's weird. They, like if they come to you and the way they kind of do is if you're in a big film festival and there's buzz, they will come to you. Mm. Otherwise, the only way they will contact you is if a sales agent connects with them. Huh. They will not Shadow deal with independent producers. Yeah, we've been
1: to events where they're there, but we don't know who they are. Or no, it, and they won't talk to you and they won't I've respond I've been to a to Netflix emails. party and I have no idea who works there yet.
3: So that's where, and then the film, Netflix was kind of going back and forth. So they were arguing on fees and rates and then Netflix ended up passing three months after and he lost on these other deals. And then his film was very timely about the oil industry and markets and how it propped it up and then oil crashed right. and now uh. it was no, so his film lost out on everything. And that's where Joe's like, if you had have a sales agent, I would have snapped that deal together with Netflix and you would have made 10 times the money. Right. So sometimes you got to watch where you're like, mm, there's no right answer, yeah. but Having a good sales agent that you trust is valuable. A lot of people tell you fuck them and don't trust them, but they are <laughs> You can't are do good. everything yourself. Though. You can't, yeah, right, you can't. Right.
1: Well, yeah. and it's buying the Rolodex too, that's part of it is, is they know people you
3: don't. They've got relationships yeah. and they can set those things up that yeah. you can't. Like that's the thing, I can't get in, Culture High Union, I am Bruce Lee, The Good Son, all on Netflix, all did good, will never return my emails.
1: Wow, weird, right. that's crazy. Right. Huh. Huh. righty. well, uh, let us know when this is coming out, and we'll. Uh, so we're
3: looking at either like August or September because I got to find the 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 screening we're going to do in Edmonton. Um, uh, I just don't know if we if we do get into TIFF, I don't want to set things off there, so it might be right after a TIFF premiere. Or right. if they'll let us right. do a private screening before right. we might do it, right. but it'll be around that, around that time. time.
0: Cool. Okay.
1: cool. Yeah. Well, and we'll right keep again. everyone in the loop. Right. Yeah. And where can people find more about
0: you?
3: Uh, at Adam Score, like a goal with a big G, is uh, my Twitter, and then if you. Uh, I'm on Facebook and and if you reach out I'm really approachable and easy to find so if you guys Google me and find my Twitter and Facebook handles and shoot me a message if I have time I have three kids and I'm I'm busy I will do my best I do try to reach out to filmmakers although I I talk against myself where I say you have to treat this like a business when Mm -hmm. it comes to consulting young guys or women that are trying to go through this I'm always happy to help if I can I will give you hour of my time or whatever if I can make it work. So because I want to see other people succeed. I think that only strengthens everyone to do Definitely. that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Use that. Take that advice and use it. All right. Thank you so much. That was great. Short oh, but sweet. My,
3: my pleasure, guys. Thanks, Anytime. You know. Good to
1: see you again. My boys. Right. you.
0: All right. Thank you, Adam.
2: That was awesome.
0: That was awesome.
2: Just super awesome. That
0: was awesome. He actually he went and spoke um, at March Madness immediately after we recorded that. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the most I don't know, so inspiring. Because he's a guy who like just fucking does it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I know that there's there's so many filmmakers who get stuck with an idea and they don't they really know how to push forward. And he just runs like he just does it. Mm-hmm. So he's a pretty cool dude and definitely someone to know um, and chat with. So if you see him at a party, uh, give him a handshake and, uh, and just say hi. So let's get back into the news you can use. Uh, the Calgary International Film Festival is hosting their 2016 pitch contest. We've been talking about this for a while, um, but this is our last time because it's due on August 26th. Okay. Um, get, get it in. Get it going. Get it in. It's your chance to win $50,000 in funding to make a short film. Uh, so the Calgary National Film Festival is teamed up with Bravo Fact, uh, and you get to pitch your idea in front of a live audience and walk away with some sweet, sweet prizes. So check out the show notes for more information on that.
2: Uh, the TELUS Story Hive Digital Shorts Female Director Edition is now open. Yay. I know Scott and Matt uh, talked about this in a previous podcast that it was coming up, but here it is. It's it's good to go. Uh, and the deadline is September 12th. So uh, you can apply for one of 30 $10,000 grants uh, and distribution on TELUS Optic TV. Uh, what do you need? You need a great idea for a digital short between three to ten minutes. You must have a female director. It is the female director's edition, so kind of makes sense that you need a female director. Um, yeah, A Canadian I, citizen. Yeah, yeah. Budget breakdown, the the usual stuff. Sure. Um, link is in the show notes, but uh, yeah, this sounds is the, awesome.
0: It's so awesome that they're that they're doing this, that they're focusing on on female directors. Um, so kudos to the Storyhive team for mm-hmm. taking that step. Uh, Applications are now open for the National Screen Institute's Features First Program. Uh, I don't think Matt and I have talked about this quite enough. Oh, no. No, I'm not going to, but um, it is an absolute must. uh, At least apply for it uh, if you've got a feature that you are developing. It's a development accelerator. So basically highlights it is going to show you the stepping stones to get from an idea to a green light. So we all learn about pre-production and production, post-production, but the secret phase of development, which is actually the most important phase in getting a movie made. How do I actually get to a green light? How do I get financing for my film? How do I get a star attached? How do I? What is development? What does this look like? This is going to teach you that. It's going to put you in rooms with a bunch of uh, industry heavy hitters who tell you about distribution, who tell you about broadcast, who tell you about financing and all that cool stuff. Um, so check out nsi-canada.ca and uh, get those applications in. So that's due by Friday September 16th, which is not far away. Um, and you actually have to have a complete screenplay written. Yeah, it's a lot of work to apply yeah. for this, but uh, it's absolutely worth it. So check that out.
2: Uh, in upcoming events, we've got the CSIF end of summer Mixi- mixer coming up on Friday August 26th. Um, so yeah, before the barbecue, they have a couple presentations um, at 6 p.m. with Paul from the Alberta Foundation for the Arts. They'll have a grant writing 101 talk.
3: Oh,
0: nice.
2: Yeah. And at 645, you'll hear from North Country Cinema about the Telefilm. Oh, about the Telefilm Canada Micro Budget Production, production Grant. grant.
0: Mm. Oh, sweet.
2: And tips on how to get your application together.
0: <laughs> I am definitely going to be attending these talks.
2: How interesting. Yes,
0: you should listen to these guys. So the North Country Cinema guys, um, Kyle Thomas and Cam McGowan, um, they uh, did the first one. They were mm-hmm. the first Calgary team to do it um, with the Valley Below. So definitely uh, the guys to listen to on how to get your application together for the next intake. And if you're not thinking about it now, then you should be, or at least you will be, after this talk Mm -hmm. next Friday.
2: Um, And then, I mean, just to wrap it up, at 7 p.m., the barbecue actually starts in the courtyard at the CSAF offices.
0: Sweet. I was actually at this event last year, and uh, I learned a ton from the AFA Individual Artist Project Grant talk. Um, Definitely a cool thing to to attend, and I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm not sure about Matt. I'm not sure about you. I think you're off running errands. That night. Anyway, I'm going to be there. So come say hi to me uh, and check out these talks and we'll see you there. Awesome. Uh, The Calgary National Film Festival announced their galas for this year. Um, There's quite a few, but of note for uh, for Alberta filmmakers, nomadics uh, Van Helsing, which was shot in B.C., but still nomadic. So we love them uh, Is premiering episodes one and two at the Black Carpet Gala on September 29th. And also premiering is Choke Slam, uh, the wrestling feature from Robert Cuffley and Jason Long, uh, is the closing gala on October the 2nd. So, um, two cool galas mm-hmm. to check out, among a bunch of other stuff. So, calgaryfilm.com for more information there. And uh, I'm going to definitely try to check out this gala. So, see you there.
2: Isn't it the day before? It's the
0: day before we go to camera on uh, on Plainview. Oh, yeah. so,
3: so,
0: I might leave early. Yep. I might uh, not stick around for too much, but... Uh, if you're up in Edmonton and you want to learn about editing and you don't have any money, oh. uh, Fava has got the workshop for you. They've got a free-for-all workshop on Sunday, August 28th, which is coming right up from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, in the editing suite. They've got eight spots open. It's free for all Fava members. Learn the basis of editing on Fava's Premiere Pro system. Uh, doesn't – I mean, it, I don't think you can get better set up for the editing world than – Learning this kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I actually pulled this from the Fava newsletter, and they had mentioned that it was only a few spots left. It's oh, okay. free, so it's eight it's, spots max. So and they're filling if up. If you're interested, you got to reach out to them right away to get uh, get your spot. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you where you need to go.
0: Cool. So what's shooting? Heartland, of course, continues its uh, eternal march. Um Tin Star as well is still going in the studio uh, and in other locations around Alberta. So that's great. What else? There's something new coming.
2: Yeah, we've got... Damnation, which is a new TV pilot from USA Network, and uh, it's in pre-production and it looks like they're going to start shooting on October 8th. So cool. I did a little bit of digging to try to figure out maybe what this was about. It doesn't look like I didn't see anything about any cast being attached or anything like that yet. Um but the basic story is Damnation revolves around a man masquerading as a small-town preacher in Iowa who aims to launch his insurrection against the status quo. He runs up against an industrialist tycoon And whom he shares a bloody history.
0: Drama. Cool. So, yeah, I guess we're uh, we're going to find out more about that show as it goes. Now it's
2: coming, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to start crewing up soon. Yeah,
0: they'll start crewing up soon. Uh, speaking of crewing up, uh, there are some job calls out there. The BAMP Center has still uh, got an opening for their video practicum from September 12th to March 31st. The application deadline is coming up quick, August 24th, 2016. Uh, you'll be working closely with media and production staff and artists. Um, you'll be assisting with a variety of projects from inception and development through to completion and delivery um a lot of practical skills just a great learning experience um who should apply if you have a keen interest in the craft of video slash filmmaking a willingness to learn and a desire to broaden your experience
2: anyone who would be listening to this podcast
0: i would hope so yeah it sounds like it's kind of for anybody um so definitely check that out uh in the link in the show notes
2: uh, CSAF is hiring a temporary program coordinator. Uh, the application is due September first uh, at five p.m. A very specific.
0: Yeah, I think it's like end of day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at five p.m. Yeah. Exactly. Um,
2: so it's a program coordinator for the $100 Film Festival's 25th anniversary retrospective. So yeah. it looks like. Under the supervision of the programming director and working with two guest curators, the program coordinator will organize and research the $100 Film Festival archives in order to select films, images, and historical material for the retrospective program, which will occur in March 2017. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, Qualifications, excellent research, writing, and editing skills. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Experience working with archival material. Experience with distributors, filmmakers, and print traffic. Postgraduate degree or undergraduate degree. Yeah, so it's a temporary part-time position, two days a week uh, for six weeks. So submit a cover letter, letter resume, and writing sample to Nicola at uh, CSAF, and details are in the show notes.
0: Cool. Um, I know that uh, there are two features kind of going at the same time as In Plain View. One of them is Stillborn that we talked about, and uh, of course Jason Thierry and John Kisak's film Everfall, is shooting at the same time as us. Um, and those shows are crewing up. Um I think Stillborn's pretty close to locking down because they're starting production on August 29th but Everfall is going in October and um Jason Therian was posting around Facebook um a little while back about some crew that they're looking for uh this was on August 10th so it might be a little bit out of date but they were looking for a Jenny operator/dolly grip um a first assistant camera head wardrobe head hair and makeup a dit and an on location sound recordist um on
2: on the Everfall Facebook page
0: or. On on uh, something that I'm actually gonna put in my recommendations oh, later. Oh gosh! But um, if you're looking for uh, some work on a show, check them out. Uh, Green Productions Inc. Um, on Facebook, they are at Green Productions Inc. Um, to get in touch with them, if uh, if any of those positions are interesting to you, or if you kind of want some experience on a set, mm-hmm. they're cool dudes, um, and uh, definitely reach out to them.
2: So since you already speaking up of recommendations, you have
0: yeah. So the reason I found out about this. Um, of course, Jason and I are friends, but uh, he posted this on the Alberta Indie Film and Video Production Group. This is a Facebook group. Um, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's for indie film and video filmmakers, I guess, um, who just post um, job calls and um, cool blog posts. And when they've got screenings and stuff like that, it's an awesome, awesome resource for what's going on in Alberta. Um, so if you just go on Facebook, Alberta Indie Film and Video Production Group, um, I think you have to, it's a closed group. Yeah. So you kind of have to ask for permission, but there's like hundreds of people there or there's 3,200 members and you don't really have to ask for permission. You'll get it if you ask. So, um, yeah, it's a cool place and a great resource. Awesome. How about you?
2: Well, since this is probably my only time ever being on the podcast, I'm just going to recommend uh, whatever I want. And so today, I am recommending <laughs> Harry Potter and the Cursed Child.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Uh, it is a new script, not written by J.K. Rowling, which I thought it was. It oh. The, uh, the story is by J.K. Rowling, but it was written by somebody else. OK,
0: so it's not re- It's kind of fan fiction, but not really, or?
2: And that's, uh, no spoilers, No no spoilers. Out, no spoilers. Yeah. And for me it read like fan fiction. Um, it was weird. It was really weird. Right. And yet I loved it. And yet it was weird. If I, I've been reading the online feedback after reading it because I stayed away totally beforehand. Right. And it's either people give it like five out of five stars or they give it one star. Oh, okay. People either like love it and they hate it. And I both loved and didn't love, you- I wouldn't say hate, but I both loved and didn't love it because, because it was her, Character, Right. And it was came from her head.
0: So it was canon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But because I think it would be a really great play. It just wasn't a great read. But because uh, it's a script,
0: right? It's not an actual exactly n- novel. It,
2: I read the whole thing in four hours. Right. Um, I think it would be a really great play. I really I liked it yeah. and had issues. So with if you, it, had, but if you overall, had... I would recommend it for the Harry Potter fan <laughs> in your life. Go get Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Because cool. it's I think it's awesome.
0: All right. I well, I mean if you enjoyed it, then yes. it was awesome. I enjoyed
2: it. Would you cr- give it a five out of five or one out of five? And I laughed. Oh. And I got angry. Not at the story, but at the at the at the book. Right. But I still recommend it.
0: So it gave you emotions. You felt feelings. I
2: had feelings.
0: Well, there you go. That's all that matters. That's I actually dig that. I I, I don't think this will be the only time you're on the podcast, okay. especially with this movie coming up. I would imagine that you'll be recording during those weeks when Matt oh, is. Oh gosh. Yeah. So get used to hearing Briar's sultry voice.
3: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, that's it. That's all. Thanks to Briar for being on the podcast. This, year. But I'm also, pulling of course, all the news. pulls all the news together. Yeah. We're, we're super thankful that she does that for us every week. Um, if you are an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is for and about you. So um, if you've got any news, any screenings, any workshops, any crew calls, any job calls, mm-hmm. um, or just a project that you're really excited about that you want the community to know about, Let us know. You can reach out to us at hello at Mm -hmm. abfilmcast.ca. Emails are best if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, That's kind of the best way for us to organize our information into our little document here. But, of course, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, and it's all abfilmcast. And, of course, subscribe to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast on iTunes.
2: We're on Instagram?
0: We we are on Instagram.
2: Have we Instagrammed lately?
0: Not lately. No. Um, I don't know why we're on Instagram. You know what, Matt is the, didn't inst- know we were Matt, Matt's more of an Instagram guy than mm-hmm. than I am. Uh, and I, I don't think you, do you even have an Instagram account? Nah. Nah.
2: I don't have a Twitter though either.
0: Yeah. You should get a Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah. So anyway, you can check us out on Instagram. Don't- Snapchat. Snapchat right. too. Are we on Snapchat?
2: I, no, I hope I didn't yell that into the microphone. Oh. It feels like Snapchat should be a thing.
0: We should be Snapchatting while we're recording. That'd be fun. Okay. We're going to get on Snapchat. And, um, and ditch Instagram. Yeah. Fuck Instagram. JK, we love you. Anyway, uh, that's it, that's all. So uh, I guess for this week.
2: Here we go, and go make make something.